The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. Folks, uh, today I want to uh, bring to your attention something that I have covered in the past on these programs. Uh, we did a set of shows a while back talking about the good shepherd versus the false shepherd. And uh, it's my commitment and the commitment of our ministry to expose false teaching. And I believe that it's a commandment in the Bible for us to be able to expose false teaching, false prophets, uh, false teachers who are corrupting the word of God and corrupting the body of Christ. And so uh, I, I want to bring to you an apostasy alert. I, fa- I posted this on my Facebook page here a few days back, and, and I really wanted to do a show because I wanted to go a little bit deeper in this. I am, um, in one sense, surprised in it, 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 with the speed of which the apostasy and the abandoning of the gospel is happening. In the same sense, the Bible has predicted that there must be a falling away in the last days, that there must be a spirit of lawlessness, that the love of many will grow cold, that truth will be abandoned. So we know some of these things will happen and must happen, but the speed at which the intensity, the volume, it feels like an avalanche. And I think that most believers are in a place where they're trying their best to stand faithful to the Word of God and stand faithful to Christ Himself. And yet all around us, we are seeing major Christian leaders, major churches, continue to move down a a road of compromise. And now we're seeing coalitions formed, coalitions that maybe were standing accurately a few years back, We're seeing them become coalitions of compromise. This is a phrase that I want to use more and coin more because we see many groups and and ministries, coalitions, but really, is it a coalition of faithfulness or is it a coalition of compromise? And so let me give you the backstory of this particular uh, incident. And uh, then, then we'll, we'll dig in and, and, and maybe look at, again, why is this happening? Again, the Bible has predicted that in the last days there must be a great falling away and that we know that before the man of lawlessness is fully revealed, this falling away must take place. What I think should, um, I guess, take our breath away is, and, and honestly, folks, in this ministry, with here in our in our ministry, as I've traveled around, across the country, I have been telling believers, do not be surprised how quickly, and, and I've been saying this for, I think, at least the last couple of years, do not be surprised how quickly the compromise is no longer going to be on peripheral things, but the compromise will be on the very heart of the gospel. That is, is Jesus the Son of God? 
You see, with the rise of Islam and with the rise of in interfaith and ecumenicalism, the common word movement, you're going to see a push for more of a blending, more of a merging, more of a mixing, more of a, uh, of a Chrislamic type of uh, experience. With the rise of Islam and with the diminishing of the courage within the church, we're seeing now the very essence of the gospel. Is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Is Jesus Christ divine? Did he physically die? Was he buried? Was he raised from the dead? And most importantly, is he the only way of salvation? These are the very things now that are being challenged by professing quote-unquote Christians. And so that's why th this is a message that I've covered in the past. We must pray for a continuing division of the true faithful shepherds of God versus those who are hirelings, who are false teachers, who are wolves. And this is exactly what Jesus describes in John chapter 10, in verse 10, 11, and 12. And I believe that division is continuing. So, this came to my attention. There's a pastor named Reverend Michael A. Walrond. Walrond. He is the pastor of First Corinthian Baptist Church in New York City. In, I, I guess, I think it's in Harlem. First Corinthians Baptist Church in New York City. This is a congregation of over 10,000 people. So I'm going to read exactly what I wrote on my Facebook page, and then we'll look at what happened. So I wrote, apostasy alert. Further evidence of outright heresy from those claiming to be Christians and so-called, quote, pastors. The wolves are truly among the sheep. Woe to these deceivers, I envy you not. Here is a part of what this man says in front of a congregation of 10,000 people. Quote, There was a time when you would see people in the pulpit say, Well, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. That's insanity in many ways because that's not what Jesus even believes. Now, that's a part of the quote, folks, just to take just to make sure that this is in context and nobody accuses me of taking something out of context. I'm going to uh, uh, re read the, the, the full statement uh, from the article, which I've linked on my Facebook page and will link on the notes page here on our website. So I wrote this after watching this short clip. Um, I, I am praying, as I already said, that the Lord Jesus would, Jesus would continue to bring further godly division to identify and separate the sheep from the goats. If you are truly a pastor called by Jesus Christ, please rise up and speak out against this growing heresy. Let us never come even close to denying Christ before men. Otherwise, he will deny us before the Father. Matthew ten thirty three. By the way, I wrote a word of caution for those out there reading the, this post and claiming to be a follower of Christ. If you believe that he is not the only way of salvation, then please stop 
calling yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. And please, please repent. For no man comes to the Father but through him, John fourteen six, And there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, Acts four twelve. Please repent and turn to Jesus Christ exclusively as Lord and Savior to be saved. So there's, there's a question. There's a question we should be asking ourselves and asking other Christians. Do we any longer believe in the exclusivity of the message of the gospel? Do we any longer believe in the exclusivity of who Jesus Christ is? Today we have Mormons claiming that they follow Jesus, Jehovah's Witnesses claiming they follow Jesus, and, and, and oh my goodness, Muslims claiming that they follow Jesus and they revere and, and, and uh, you know esteem him, except for a few minor things like, oh, by the way, he's not God or divine. He's not the son of God. He was never crucified and never resurrected. Therefore, he is not coming back as the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. He's coming back as just a secondary sidekick figure to the Islamic Messiah. Do we really believe in the inerrancy of the word of God? When it says in John chapter one that in the beginning God uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let me let me read it to you so I don't misquote it. I apologize. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I'm accurate when we quote scripture and 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 share with you here the specific language because I don't want to get something wrong, folks. I don't want to misuse the, the the word of God. In the beginning was the word. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And of course, we know in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the claim of the uh, of the disciples, of the apostles, of the early church, of Christ himself. So let's look at what this man actually said. Let, let me read it to you. And then we'll, I want to actually play the video clip for you of what he says. So prior to preaching one of his sermons at First Corinthians Church, uh, going back a couple of weeks ago, Walron asked the congregation to recite their purpose statement, which he said, quote, shapes our identity as a congregation. Quote, we are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, the statement read. It was while explaining the statement to those who were not familiar with the church's position that he explained his multiple ways to God concept. Because you're going to see in a minute, that's exactly what he's preaching. He says, quote, If you are a person who believes in God, these words can apply to you. No matter what your faith background. Really? So if you're a Muslim, if you're a 
Buddhist, if you're a Hindu, if you're a Mormon, if you're a Baha'i, it doesn't matter. These words apply to you, apparently. He goes on to say, we get so twisted in this country and in many cultures to create divides and boundaries and barriers between human beings because of our faith differences, said the pastor, who was named, quote, one of the Lord's foot soldiers by Newsweek magazine. He goes on to say, think about it, that we use the thing that we think makes us closer to God, the very thing to divide us from one another at times. Do you get what he's saying, folks? That we use the thing that should make us closer to God, the very thing to divide us from one another. Uh, I'm sorry, Pastor. Are you talking about the thing like, you know, Jesus is the only way? You know, that thing that what makes you a Christian, a Christ follower, that thing that divides us? Yes, if you're talking about that thing, yes, that does divide us because that's what divides me from a Muslim. That's what divides me from a Mormon. That's what divides me from a Jehovah's Witness. That's what divides me from a Hindu, from a Buddhist, or from an atheist. That's what divides me. And yet, we shouldn't let that divide us. He goes on to say, and that makes no sense. So I'm not one of those people. Well, what kind of people are you, Pastor? Here's what he goes on to say. This is when it gets interesting. There was a time when you would see people in the pulpit say, well, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. That's insanity in many ways because that is not what Jesus even believes. Do you need me to repeat that? Are you sitting down? There was a time when you would see people in the pulpit say, well, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. There was a time? Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that what we're supposed to be preaching and teaching all the time? No, no, no. According to this pastor, the uh, foot, what was his claim? The foot soldier, one of the Lord's foot soldier. Really? He's representing the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord would be proud of this man who just said, no, 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 that's insanity in many ways because that's not what Jesus believes. So Jesus never taught that you're going to hell without him. Hmm. We'll look at that in a minute. And so, he, so the key is, he says, that you believe in God. And whatever your path to, is to God, I celebrate that. Oh my goodness. You heretic. This is apostasy church. Whatever your path is, we celebrate that. Shouldn't we be saying that if you're not on this right path, that you are going to have an eternal separation from God? Isn't that what hell is? Not according to this heretic. And I got to call him a heretic. This is, this is a false teacher. Repent, man, repent. He says, I celebrate your path. So the Muslim, I celebrate your path according to him. The Mormon, I celebrate your path. The Hindu, I celebrate your path. The Baha'i, I celebrate your path. Really? Personally, I celebrate that. He goes, he says, he goes on to say, by the way, to a smattering of applause, as you'll see in a minute. Again, he, he says, we have enough in this world that divides us. We need to find those things that bring us together. 
And if God cannot bring us closer together, then something is wrong. Not with God, but in how we think we know God and understand God. Let me play the clip for you so you hear it for yourself. Listen to this. These words can apply to you, no matter what your faith background. We get so twisted in this country and in many cultures to create divides and boundaries and barriers between human beings because of because of our faith difference. Think about it, that we use the thing that we believe makes us closer to God, the very thing to divide us from one another at times. And that makes no sense. And so I, I'm not one of those people, there was a time you see people in the pulpit say, oh, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. That's insanity. In many ways, because that is not what 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 Jesus even believed. And so the key is that you believe in God and whatever your path is to God. I celebrate that personally. I celebrate that. Again, we have enough in this world that divides us. We need to find those things that bring us closer together. And if God cannot bring us closer together, then something is wrong, not with God, but in how we think we know God and understand God. Amen. So come on, let's declare the issues. No, Pastor, not amen. Not amen. What I would say to you is woe to you. Woe to you that you are standing in the pulpit with 10,000 people that are under your care, according to you know your church statistics. And you are misleading them, and you are deceiving them, and that they're applauding. They're applauding the line that that's insanity to believe that if you don't believe in Jesus that you're going to hell. Woe to you. That's all I can say. God have mercy on you. Because you're demonstrating a fruit of not a man of God, but of a, of, of a wolf, of a deceiver. And I don't envy you. I wouldn't want to be you. Let me get to the verse here because, first of all, let's let's tackle straightforward verses. John chapter 14 in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Now, remember, this is, this is going into the Garden of Gethsemane. This is when Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, be arrested and go to the cross. Do not let your heart be troubled. He says, believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? The way. Not one of the ways, but the way. And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So where is Jesus celebrating many paths to God? Where is Jesus saying, I celebrate. If you don't choose me and you choose some other way, oh, well, I celebrate that. He's about to go into the garden he's about to be arrested and betrayed and beaten and tortured and flogged and scourged and crucified and buried and then resurrected 
for humanity and he's celebrating that 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 there is other paths no sir mr walrand i'm not even going to call you a reverend respectfully because you're not demonstrating that you are a man of god you sir are a deceiver and a liar because either you're lying or jesus is lying and that's why we need more true shepherds and not these false shepherds tickling the ears of thousands and thousands of people that are going to go to hell because of this false teaching. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12 in the New American Standard Bible. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. No other name given in or under heaven. No other name. What part of no other name do we not understand? And yet this man is celebrating and many, and it's not just this guy, church. You and I know it's not just this guy. When Joe Olstein goes on TV and can't answer the question, is Jesus the only way to be saved? When, when, Rick Warren or any of these <clears throat> I was reading an article the other day about you know the, the 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 top I don't know 30 biggest churches in the in the country and I was surprised to find out that uh Joel Olstein's church was not um number 1 I think it was number 3 the number one church had a weekly attendance of like 50 I think it was like 53,000 people a week all of these churches are are you know 10,000 14,000 20,000 30,000 folks their ears are being tickled, and, and in the midst of this, there is a true remnant that God is preserving. Because this is the false church now. Let me cover one more scripture that is critically important. And this is from the Lord himself. This is Jesus giving a parable. It's not any other person's words. Listen to this. In verse 19 of Luke 16, Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tongue of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Is that not describing a heaven and hell situation. Verse 26, And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great 
gulf or chasm, some translations say. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. A great chasm or great gulf that is fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Do you understand what the verse is saying? What Jesus himself is relaying in this story about the chasm between a heaven where uh, the 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 uh, beggar was welcomed in by Abraham and a hell where the rich man is being tormented, not because you're poor and rich. This is not a, uh, a, a uh, sermon on if you're rich, you're going to hell. and If you're poor, you're going to heaven. It's saying that there is a hell, there is a heaven and there's a chasm. And that chasm cannot be passed. And he goes on the same verse 27. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to them, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, father, Abraham. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through the the one rise from the dead. So the bottom line is Jesus is saying that even if the prophets are are, are testifying, it will not make a difference. uh, Or or, or even, I'm saying, sorry, even if, if, if this man is raised from the dead and they come back and they testify, it will not make a difference because if you don't believe the words of the prophets, uh, then the words of scripture that are telling you, it won't make a difference. Folks, if we don't believe what the scripture says, it doesn't make a difference because even if someone raises from the dead, they're not going to believe what is the word of God. This man is standing in the pulpit preaching a false message, a false gospel, a false hope, uh, heresy, apostasy, and he's telling 10,000 people and many others that Jesus didn't even believe that, that there is a hell, and that you're going to go to hell without him. How far we have fallen. Folks, we, we will continue to bring updates of these type of incidents that are happening, examples so that you can see clearly with your eyes that there is a division happening. God is dividing. God is searching and seeking. And there is a true shepherd and there is a false shepherd. For those of us in the pulpit, God have mercy on us that we would remain faithful. Folks, for you as believers, please don't buy these lies. Let us be bold with the gospel. Let us take that gospel to those who are lost as this rich man is lost. His money couldn't save him. Nothing could, could, could bridge the chasm between heaven and hell. And heaven is real and hell is a sure real. The separation, the eternal fire, the eternal separation. Woe to these false teachers and heretics. And I pray for the true church to arise and wake up. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your prayers and support. We will see you on the program next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.